have crashed craft, uh, as stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. I was like, hey, they shouldn't be messing with molecular software if they don't understand it, because then shit may happen that you don't expect. See, Grush, who testified, said a lot of things that a lot of people have been thinking about. Project Bluebeam, uh, talking about non-human biologics. He also made mention in a quote when he was asked, so they come from outer space? He said, well, not necessarily. Their origin cannot be deemed to be not of this earth. That was key. And then you have to think to yourself, if they've conducted such experiments in this scenario where the government was involved in creating superhumans or non-human biologics, hybrids, whatever, right? That's also playing with fire because you don't know what they're capable of. So you don't fuck with them. And if you do, you push boundaries to see just how far they can go. And the reason you would do that is public reaction. The existence of such things become public knowledge, then the government might fear a potential societal backlash, panic, or demands for transparency and accountability, right? Don't look at Antarctica at all. Not like we have one of the biggest signal inducers and communicators for a very long time. Would you go home? There are ethical implications. The government may be very concerned with ethical implications such as potential violations of human rights or bioethical standards, you know, with all those experiments and stuff. And there could be the fear by the people in other nations about the misuse of such non-human biologics that may be able to walk among many others that um, could be hostile entities to the own government that created them and external forces and you know some of these experimented on humans or created whatever you want to call them may indeed be more powerful and intelligent yet crave to be simple and the government may fear controlling them but one thing is key unpredictability that is something that science has proven time and time again that just because you knock out a gene just because you can create something with an interface just because it may seem kind or controllable well there are characteristics that are unknown and there is genetic crosstalk and you know that could be a potential threat to the government itself now think of it this way because the people are supposedly curious and there's pressure they're talking about aircraft encounters almost feels like the fourth unelected branch of government needs to blame someone for their actions and maybe they'll throw under the bus you know the Fauci's and the atrocious monsters maybe and blame it on them in some 
weird, you know, society of, I don't know, people that are upgraded, I guess. Connect your mind. Connect your soul. Connect your body. Enter the simulation. Are we still not on speaking terms, sir? If we were, I'd tell you to go fuck yourself. Lyndon. Well, I know one thing I didn't before. What's that? You didn't bring me out here for the view. This place is uglier than my granddad's toenails. Mr. President. I'm Valiant Thor. Well, bless your heart. Of course you are. And I'm Calamity Jane. I like your sense of humor, sir. You might need it. Please, this way. Are you ready to learn how the world works, Mr. President? Pretty good idea how the world works, Sonny. Of course you do. As I live and shit. What in ever-loving Christ is this? What if I die? We are going to become gods. Period. If you don't like it, get off. You don't have to contribute. You don't have to participate. Well, if you're going to interfere with me becoming God, you're going to have big trouble. Then we'll have warfare. The only way you can prevent me in this, in this 50 or is to kill me. If you kill me, I'll kill you. Learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. These will be the main products of the economy, of the 21st century economy. Not textiles and vehicles and weapons, but bodies and brains and minds. The administration believes that there are loopholes that could allow the cloning of human beings if, such, if the technology were developed. Therefore, today I am issuing a directive that bans the use of any federal funds for any cloning of human beings. Effective immediately, no federal agency may support, fund, or undertake such activity. Of course, a great deal of research and activity in this area is supported by private funds. That is why I am urging the entire scientific and medical community, every foundation, every university, every industry that supports work in this area, to heed the federal government's example. I'm asking for a voluntary moratorium on the cloning of human beings until our Bioethics Advisory Commission and our entire nation have had a real chance to understand and debate the profound ethical implications of the latest advances. As we gain a fuller understanding of this technology, we must proceed not with caution, not just with caution, but also with a conscience. By insisting that not a single taxpayer dollar supports human cloning, and by urging a moratorium on all private research in this area, we can ensure that as we move forward on this issue, we weigh the concerns of faith and family and philosophy and values, not merely of science alone. Thank you very much. Here's what I wrote in my book. Yeah. Way back in the 80s, I talked about the Genome Project, and I said, here's what I said, I said, what they're doing is mapping out the human genetics so that they can clone humans and create a race of people with the traits that they want to rule, eventually. Now, this won't happen for a long time. Hitler tried to do it with breeding. Yeah, but they're going to do it with, with in the laboratory. Cloning, yeah. Yeah, you watch. And uh, I, I said that eventually a human being will be cloned. I said this years and years and years ago, and I said it on this broadcast many, many times. The whole purpose of the Genome Project, uh, if they carry it through to its ultimate conclusion, is to be able to manufacture 
humans. Supreme Court rules that live human-made organisms are patentable. In 1996, Dolly the Sheep was famously and successfully cloned, although not officially announced until 1997. Scientists cloned rhesus monkeys, a cow, a mouse, and a lamb named Holly, who had a human gene in every cell of its body. Despite Bill Clinton signing a five-year moratorium on human cloning, Richard Seed announces that he plans to clone a human. In 1998, Raihuzo Yanagamuchi cloned mice from other cloned mice. Japanese scientists claim to have cloned eight cows from one single cow. In 2002, the first human is cloned at Cloning, an American cloning organization that operates out of the Bahamas and functions under the philosophical principles of the UFO religion, Raihuzo. The clone was named Keith. In 2003, France and South Korea both cloned rabbits. Around 2005, there are more reports of human cloning. Kanye West's new video, Famous, exposes the cloning process in politics, the media, and the music industry. Kanye met with artist Vincent Desiderio, the man behind the artwork the video is modeled after. Desiderio subsequently loved the video and said, I was really speechless. Kanye saw things in it that I don't know how he could have seen. Kanye is truly an artist. Talking to him was like speaking to any of my peers in the art world. Actually, more like talking to the brightest art students that have their eyes wide open. Here, he references Kubrick's film Eyes Wide Shut, which is about Illuminati cults and orgies. The video starts in the clouds. The effects make it look like an old VHS tape and reminds us of childhood. We sink into the clouds, the abyss, the comfort of childhood, and our minds are now wide open, ready to accept whatever comes next. The news works in a similar way, flashing graphics and quick cuts before news or commercials. Certain patterns can jump the brain into an accepting state. The brain can be made to normalize as something irrational. Kanye's video also cuts rapidly. We see close-up pixelized faces, an all-seeing eye. The quick cuts and clashing sounds creates a disturbing feeling, keeping us on the edge and feeling scattered. Kanye seems to be saying that the world's superpowers are all metaphorically or literally invented together, and there is something sexual and sinister connected with this wealth and power. The mainstream media says the celebrities in the video are wax mannequins, however we can clearly see them breathing in different parts of the video. Kanye draws attention to the breathing by having over half the music video silent with the exception of the heavy breathing. Could he be trying to show us that these wax mannequins are actually living? Could this be Kanye's expose on a cloning factory? Follow me down. Celebrities, politicians, and the world's richest individuals have been using cloning technology for some time. Just take a look at CloneAid's website, where they not so subtly brag about cloning Michael Jackson. Government has been interested in clones for a long time. It began with experiments attempting to control the mind so average people could be made into assassins, couriers, and spies. The project eventually transitioned into the more reliable practice of cloning, in which a soulless individual can be created. Clones can be used as sex slaves, political tools, anything their creators desire because they are essentially robots. The public has been made to think that celebrity meltdowns are normal behavior, so we don't question the continually odd behavior displayed by those churned out by the culture industry. Kanye West's influence as a celebrity resonates with the youth who see celebrities as idols. Kanye is helping to normalize orgiastic imagery, pushing the government's agenda of sexualizing a population into a time of transhumanism. Transhumanism benefits include super longevity, super intelligence, and super well-being. Through technology, we can rise above our human nature and live better. But if 
medical companies figure out these keys to life, then we will become indebted to them even more heavily than we already are. If everybody lived forever, what about overpopulation? Sustaining life on other planets doesn't seem like a reality, but governments have perfected methods of genocide and eugenics. This would be one way to limit the population and keep the resources for the rich. We have already integrated our technology. Mechanical tools like phones interact with organic elements in our voice to prove communication. If the fusion of technology with the organic continues, it seems likely that we will eventually hack our own bodies and minds, so they will be able to do much more than humanly possible. It also seems possible that robots could turn into advanced forms of artificial intelligence. There may come a day when it is impossible to distinguish between an AI and a human, or maybe there will be no difference. A scary aspect of emerging technology is the fear of losing control of our bodies and minds. Think of how a virus created by a hacker can affect a computer system. Think how often thousands of computers are affected at once by the same virus. If we hand our consciousness over to a company in exchange for superintelligence, we risk losing ourselves to that company if their technology fails, or if they decide to control or kill anybody using their technology. Transhumanism aims to eliminate both mental and physical sickness to improve the quality of life. Designer babies have genes manipulated to keep them free from illness and disease. This sounds great until you realize this technology will not be available to the average expecting couple. The cost of these procedures will be astronomical and thus reserved only for the wealthiest families. How will naturally birthed children be able to compete in society with designer babies who possess super longevity or immortality, super intelligence, and exist in a state of constant well-being? The answer is they will not. The elite have found a perfect formula for weeding out the poor, the minorities, the unwanted, in other words, the majority of the population who are simply seen as vermin by the elite. Secret societies require members to go through certain rites of passage, similar to the hazing that happens in college fraternities. However, the rites of passage require to enter extremely powerful cults that grant individuals power, fame, and money on the level of Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, Taylor Swift, and George W. Bush are satanic and depraved in nature. These initiations are recorded and can be used as blackmail later if the celebrities refuse to comply or hold up their end of the pact. Corey Feldman says that pedophilia is the biggest problem in Hollywood. The number one problem in Hollywood was, and is, and always will be, pedophilia. Kanye's video points to a soulless fame. And what is more soulless than a throne? Taylor Swift lashed out against the video, but Kim Kardashian defended her husband and used the argument as a plot in an episode on her show. The whole argument felt contrived, a continuation of the 2009 Taylor and Kanye feud. The silence from the rest of the celebrities in the video speaks volumes towards their enslavement to the music industry. You're a machine, aren't you? Yes. Why would... Why didn't they build you to look like a machine? Why didn't they build you out of metal with bolts and wires and electrodes and things like that? Why'd they turn you into a lie? Resurrecting the woolly mammoth and even undoing the damages of aging, Church is the modern Prometheus. He is literally referred to as the father of genetics. Remember his name. It's who you know. That's how you live <laughs> right, forever. Right. It's who you know. Yeah. But Church was not alone. Other notable names at the lab were Martin Nowak, another man often named as head of the lab. Maybe you could introduce yourself. My name is Martin Nowak, and I'm a professor of mathematics and of biology at Harvard University. Um, I think Martin wanted to talk about the kind of relationship between design and uh, and uh, evolution. Nowak wasn't only a recipient of Epstein money, but also Gates money, and sometimes they funded the same project. Here is Martin Nowak lecturing to Epstein and associates on what appears to be a tropical island. I'm kind of like cooperate to keep a lower gun on you about 
Yeah, <laughs> You cooperate. You keep a loaded gun on your back. In other words, you know, cooperate. But watch your back. I find, you know, if you get away from a simple A versus B, you get to a situation where it's fine to cooperate, but it pays to be cynical. They're trust and verify. Yeah. But, you know, something like that. I, I find in the real world, for me, um, maybe outside of kinship relationships, or maybe even with, I uh, have to really kind of. What's the nuance? You're not going to defect immediately, but you want to keep your running shoes on. Yes, How do people really play these games mm -hmm. of cooperation and defection? Here we see Martin Nowak, George Church, and Epstein deep in conversation, somewhere warm and sandy. CIA and these underground dumps are full of freelance black scientists. These underground dumps have all kinds of black projects and always have, since World War II at least, but probably before. And these scientists come up and they're on their deathbed, they do interviews, they can't live with themselves, they're afraid what's going to happen to them. And they start talking about this stuff. And they're all saying the same thing. Now this article is from December the 8th, 1968. And it says, induced twinning and transplants eyed for more beef for future. So they are already going hog wild, no pun intended. <laughs> they're going nuts right here, trying to figure out all these different ways to use, in they're calling it induced twinning. Says a regular part of tomorrow's cattle breeding program may be induced twinning and ova transplants. Dr. E.S.E. E. Havitz, WSU research animal physiologist, told the university-sponsored beef cattle conference. So they're already figuring out how to make money uh, and do things that really don't sound too healthy for people who eat meat, to be honest with you. Says cows normally produce one ovum per heat period but multiple ovulations can be induced by sex-stimulating hormones, Dr. Havitz says. So, you know, they're talking about egg transfer in cattle and breeding methods here. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it's all the things I believe that they're already doing with humans. Now, here's an article from a website called itfeelsgoodplus.wordpress.com. Cloning, Hitler and Mengele, we are able to produce people. And this guy's name, I can't pronounce it, it's Piotr Griswax. Piotr, Piotr, Piotr Griswax. He's an author, an independent writer, and journalist, a philosopher, and a satiric humanist and innovator. We may think that we won the Second World War. Hmm, not really. The main forces of Nazism and fascism escaped and established their strong hidden presence across the world. Nazis knew a long time before that they lost, see assassination of Hitler, knowing about certain defeat, they prepared many road of evacuation. This guy's obviously got an accent. So he's talking about they already knew that they were going to lose and they prepared for this. They built a huge machine of deception and diversion that no one can crack and face so far. Hiding money in Swiss banks, receiving acceptance from most powerful during mid-war time, world banks, and creating unbreakable and impenetrable system of support for all fellow war criminals was part of the bigger plan of coming back. And it's just like Albert Pike says in the uh, Morals and Dogma, which is the all of the rites and rituals and levels all the way through the 32nd degree. The 33rd degree is not included. But it's clearly at the 19th degree that the initiate is made aware that Satan is the God, the light. So I believe that the people like Mengele already knew they were going to come to the United States because clearly in Albert Pike's Morals and Dogma, he states 
that the Mason is always loyal or the Illuminati is always loyal to the Illuminati first. And this is true with Skull and Bones. This is true with all of these secret societies. They are loyal to each other first, even during war. And it clearly states that if you come upon a soldier and they are Illuminati and he is fighting for the enemy or a Freemason and he is fighting for the enemy, your first loyalty is to that Freemason or that Illuminati member or to that Skull and Bones or to that Knights of Pythias who Paul Ryan, I believe it's Paul Ryan and Reince Priebus, they, they all belong to a secret society of one kind or another. But all of these are the same. Your first loyalty is to them. And that's what the Illuminati is. It's like a conglomeration of secret societies. Says the history of Joseph Mengele is golden example of conspiracy that keeps Nazism alive. And he's still, I, I have still been looking for uh, who he might be. Because I believe he's still alive. I believe he body jumps. One person who talks about cloning and Joseph, Joseph Mengele is Max Beers. And he talks about cloning a lot. And he, it's exactly, they, they're all saying the same thing. There's no, you could talk about somebody that came out in the year 2000. You could talk about somebody that came out in 2011. You could talk about somebody that came out in the 80s. You could talk about somebody that came out in the 90s, whether it's a scientist, whether it's an MK Ultra victim. But I think Mengele could very well still be alive. And Max Spears talks about Mengele, how he, he always looks like he's uh, 60 years old or in his late 50s. And he's always in good shape, but he never ages. And he goes by different names. Dr. Green, I think, is one of his names. But And Dr. Green, of course, you know, the green man is Satan. Nevertheless, this story is about cloning and genetic manipulation of human code. However, in my opinion, you can't talk about genetics, but disregard the work of Joseph Mengele, the angel of death, and the god of Auschwitz. He conducted his research on bigger pole of alive material, which was prisoners of Auschwitz. So he has had always people at his disposal, children, babies, to torture and mind control and do cloning experiments on. And this writer says that um, he looked for ways to produce clones of people. He absolutely did. If you go to DuckDuckGo or, you know, I don't use Google, but if you go to DuckDuckGo to a search engine and search Mengele City of Twins or Town of Twins, you will see that uh, Nazi, there's a whole Nazi village of cloned people in Brazil. <laughs> and it just so happens that's where Mengele went. Surviving Mengele. All of these twins. This was his big experiment. It's, they called it twinning. It's, it wasn't twinning. It was cloning. So I want to thank Joe Ayala again. Truman. Truman doesn't like uh, cloning. He's very upset about it. He wants me to stop talking about it, <laughs> but there's a storm on its way, so I'm trying to hurry this up. So I want to thank Joe Ayala uh, for sending me this link to this thread, and it, it's a thread from Jeffrey Peterson, and thank you, Joe. And he says, a year ago today, I published a controversial thread. <laughs> Truman, please. Truman. A year ago today, I published a controversial thread about a time I overheard individuals talking about cloning experiments at a Democrat Party fundraiser. At the time, I did not disclose the identities of the individuals involved in such endeavors. However, I will name them tonight. First of all, here is a link to the thread I published a year ago today about overhearing conversations related to cloning. And he says, this is not a joke. 
I said I will never lie to you, and I will not. I clearly overheard it, and I could see that others who were there were also uneasy. I know what I heard. They are doing real-life experiments with cloning on remote islands. This is the truth. So now I wonder if Epstein Island was used for this type of thing as well. He continues, I cannot tell you exactly what, how, or where. I am 100% sure what I heard, and I saw pictures, images with examples. It is being done on islands, and very high money, Democrat-linked personalities are involved. Sometime soon, I will answer questions about what I heard in more detail. Says, so Donald Marshall was correct. He's not a fraud, as many try to allude to. Well, of course, if they're doing this, they don't want people to know. But there's no way they're not doing this. That's the way I'm looking at it. I don't believe there's a way that they're not doing this. Michigan Chemtrails posts that this article on Daily Mail about uh, there's some show on Netflix that is showing human sleeves in glass cases. Well, you know what? Netflix is part of it. They have some kind of karma thing where they have to tell us the truth. And what they try to do is obscure it. But, but that's the way they look at it anyway. They think they're dodging uh, karma. That's they, these people think that they are just untouchable. And Rick Sanchez says, movies like The Island with Ewan McGregor are a sick kind of disclosure for these people. Um, New Atlantis says, bad movie, but lots of truth revealed. So let's go back to Jeffrey Peterson. Although at the time I published the above thread, many people were skeptical. I said at the time it was a true account, and it was. One of the specific individuals I overheard speaking with Nancy Pelosi regarding cloning experiments was John Sperling. And here's a picture of John, who is, you know, I mean, these people. Sperling was the founder of the University of Phoenix, one of the largest, if not largest, for-profit universities in the United States. I clearly overheard Sperling speaking with Pelosi about advanced cloning experiments on living beings, including animals and humans, and I don't doubt it one bit. And he's obviously eyeball deep in it. He goes on. The other individual I heard both Pelosi and Sperling speaking about relating to cloning experiments being done on remote islands was Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. Bezos was not there, but they were talking about him. And Pelosi kept saying, he's doing mine. He's doing mine. And in case you forgot, uh, there's, you know, he sends uh, penis pictures uh, through the mail or through email. I understand that sounds completely insane. But that is what I heard. I will also note that Pelosi was drinking and seemed tipsy to me, but it didn't sound like a joke to me. On several occasions when I was around her, she was drinking a lot. I will still write more about this in time. So Ron Hughes posts a link to Scientific American, and it's, it claims uh, the first human cloned embryo was November 24th, 2001, or around in there. But I question. be talking about cloning and torturing we're going to get into this and we're going to expose how far cloning has come and what's going on with it right now this is going to be kind of like it's going to remind us of there's several movies that the elite that hollywood has put out that in your mind if you've seen some of these movies it's just going to click with you remember they put everything out in movies in books in songs in our faces and a lot of times we don't even catch what's going on. And now we're starting to learn that all the movies, all the books, everything in our faces has been real. Okay? So what I'm going to be talking about today, I'm going to be exposing and sharing testimony from a young man named Donald Marshall. Uh, I know some of you have heard about him because some of you guys have tried to point me to him online. 
but I already knew about him, but we're going to cover him today, okay? And um, the things that he said, they sound bizarre. If you've never heard this stuff, this is going to sound bizarre to you, okay? But I knew that he was speaking enough truth because it caught my attention. And, of course, I had my husband, Scott, sit down and watch what he had to say as well. Because it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, y'all. Many times when we hear something that just sounds so crazy, we just dismiss it. Well, that's not even true. And you just go on about life. And you just blow it off. And you're like, there was no bit of truth in that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to depict everything that he was talking about. And I'm going to show you how it links into truth that God has been revealing. Okay? Um, this next picture I have, it's a picture from the movie Inception. And see, they were, uh, they were putting themselves in a dream state. And what was going on in their dreams was like it was actually happening. When you look at this picture, they're all inside of a van, strapped in with seatbelts and everything else. But they're all like agents, and they're all asleep. But what's really happening in their dream is really happening where they're physically at. The water is starting to burst into the van, and they're still sleeping in this dream world. It's like two different realities happening at the same time, okay? And sometimes in this dream state, you would see this agent, you would see Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he would leave this task that he was doing, and it's like he would go over into like this peaceful, this other part of the dream world and be like with his wife. And he would remember memories and times and things that he had going on with her. And the picture that I have there is like they're over here on the beach building, you know, like sandcastles and stuff. And, and the other agents would come in the dream and try to get him back out of that, like get back over here, you know, and get on task. So it's kind of like this just bouncing back and forth in this dream that's real, okay? It's hard sometimes to get your mind around. It's one of those kind of movies, you know, those kind of where you watch the whole thing and then at the end you go, what was that? I've watched some of those where it's like, it's because in your normal life, this kind of stuff is so far out there that sometimes it takes us a little bit to get it. But the people, there are people that are living this for real, for real. And when we learn about that, it's just kind of like, you know, my dreams, they're just my dreams. They stay at home in the bed where, you know, once you wake up, that's gone, right? But there's people that are living this life and we're going to learn about them today. Okay, since I shared that message where I gave that information from Dr. Beter on cloning, you know, remember he talked about robot, he talked about the different kinds. What I am about to reveal, I am revealing primarily for history. I know even before I reveal it that some of my listeners will desert me after they hear it, saying, it just cannot be. Test tube babies are now a reality, and that began not long ago in England where the mystery of DNA was first unraveled. Then, of course, there are clones, that is, creatures which are reproduced by artificial means and which are exact duplicates of an original. Clones of all kinds of animals have been produced successfully in the laboratory, but that is not what bothers people. In the recent past it has been claimed that human clones are also possible and that some may already be in existence. These last claims about human clones have been ridiculed, denied, and suppressed by all kinds of officials. The reason is that the idea of duplicate human beings impinges upon a super-secret realm of intelligence activities by both Russia and the United States. Robotoid synthetics and, and clones and all the different kinds, we're not surprised to hear this term now, to hear this terminology. We know it's real. We know it exists, okay? So that's not like a shocker. Shouldn't be a shocker anymore. If it is to you, go back and watch the message I did on cloning. Okay. 
Since then, it's been mentioned by Al Bielek. Remember the messages I did on opening in the abyss, part one and two? I covered the Montauk experiments and uh, Philadelphia Project, all of those things. Al Bielek talked about cloning nonchalantly, like, of course, our government leaders and different people, they're cloned. Just matter of fact. And also, the uh, former wife of Colonel George Griggs, Miss Kay Griggs, she talked about cloning. See how, see how the Lord was doing that? He was showing me other messages where this, what Donald talked about, was there so that we can go, ah, that's real because these people talked about it too, okay? So now we're going to hear about what Donald, what Donald shared. And this is a sad, sad thing that, that a lot of people are mixed up in that we're going to talk about today, all right? Now, at least he wasn't walking intimately with Jesus at the time that the videos that I researched were made, okay? And I want to say also that he is somebody else. When you realize your life is on the line, you make different websites. You try, to, you try to get that word splashed out there as much and wherever you can. And that's what he's been doing. There's, he has more than one website up now, okay? Because this has been a few years back that he started exposing this stuff, okay? Thank God he came out and started talking about this. Now, there are what are called DUMBS, D-U-M-B-S, all around the world. I'm going to probably talk on that more in another message, okay? But DUMS, that stands for Deep Underground Military Bases. The first picture that I have here of one, this is underground. It's an underground tunnel. Here in the United States, our DUMS, our underground military bases, are connected through tunnels. And we have trains that travel that connect up to all of them. The next picture here, it's another uh, picture of an underground military base. And you see people, you see cars traveling to and fro, you see people walking, going to work, I mean, just like normal. No big deal, okay? I, for one, this hasn't been on my radar. I haven't really known about this stuff or paid attention to it, all right? But see, the military and the government, they got their stuff rolling on whether we know about it or not. And they have this linked up under system all over the United States and the world. This next picture um, is an underground military base and shows a big group of people that were working on this particular project. There are many different things going on in these bases. One thing we learned that's already happening at a base like this, remember the Montauk experience, uh, experiments, sorry. Remember how um, they talked about those different levels, those different floors, and how deep, how deep that thing went? Donald shared that these bases have many different floors, and there are different things going on on each floor. Cube, all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Lockheed Scott Works are um, it was sort of a state-of-the-art facility up in the high desert of California near Palmdale, Edwards Air Force Base, um, and, and in that area. And there's a uh, there's an underground facility, that's the more modern state-of-the-art facility is called the Cube, C-U-B-E, like a cube, and it's a massive cubic structure underground. It's connected through underground connectors to the Nellis Range. What the pop culture close Area 51. Nobody really calls it that. And also, I do. I call it Area 51. It's just over the hill. <laughs> yep. And um, that's an older facility at uh, Pahoot Mesa, Grim Lake, uh, S4, S9. And then you have the uh, facility outside Provo, Utah, uh, the Dudley Proving Grounds. And that is also a really state-of-the-art facility, a much more important one than, than what's at uh, Nellis. Um, and there, there are underground connectors that connect these facilities. Um, I always tell people, nothing really critical is above the surface of the Earth. Hmm. And the cube itself, Doctor? 
So the Cube is a research facility. A lot of top scientists uh, work in there for the Lockheed and Skunkworks projects. A lot, many of the projects are, are uh, connected to uh, advanced transdimensional Earth technologies, uh, ET technologies, uh, researching and developing new systems. And it's very highly classified. I, I personally know an engineer who, uh, well, at least as of a couple of years ago, was working in that facility. And um, that's, you know, of course, everyone knows the U-2 spy plane came out of Skunk Works, but what they all realize is that there's been a parallel project with Lockheed Martin and the Lockheed Skunk Works dealing more specifically with um, electromagnetic robotic, so-called anti-gravity uh-huh. technology, trans-dimensional oh. technology, all of those sort of programs. And, and so uh, the more modern facility is called the Cube. All right. that do it for you, caller? Yeah, that is, that is very interesting. Um yeah, my grandfather actually claimed that he once spoke to a uh, scientist. He um he worked out in New Mexico. Uh, he um he studied the effects of space radiation on um I believe chimpanzees. They launched them, literally took them high into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Claimed. Uh, so he, this is just small story, but he picked up a scientist out there, and uh, he claimed that he didn't. Uh, you know, an alien. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Many, many people right. make that yeah. claim. Well, the New Mexico, that's another whole concept is, yeah. you know, yes. a lot of people don't realize the Los Alamos facility is connected underground to the, excuse me, the big underground uh, facility that's at the Four Corners area. And when, you know, the early 90s, everyone heard the Taos hum. They heard this humming sound. That's right. That was, Be- that was Bechtel Corporation uh, using these nuclear power tunneling tunneling devices to build a connector between the underground facility at Los Alamos to the Dulce Four Corners uh, facility. We were affected by that here, Doctor. Yep, yep. They were hitting bedrock, and it was just vibrating all through that whole area. Of course, a lot of people thought it was some mystery earth noise, and of course, the people I know in the in the contracting world were laughing up their sleeve going, yeah, that's our, that's our nuclear power tunnel. And it makes this massive, huge tunnel, and it moves at a fairly decent speed and turns the bedrock into glass, so like a classified wow. That's how they, these connectors are built between these underground facilities. All right. He said, for example, a military base that he's taken to has a floor that does not have access, that the military does not have access to. This floor is dedicated to cloning and clones. It's a whole floor that has, it's only about cloning, and the military does not have access to it. Google's quantum computer, Psychomore, did something that's going to break your brain. Once again, it achieved quantum supremacy by performing a calculation within a few seconds that Frontier, the most powerful supercomputer in the world, would take 47 years to complete. Donald calls it the cloning station. He said there is one floor that is just for gene splicing. Now, if you don't know what gene splicing is, listen to this, y'all. Uh, We're here today to announce uh, the first uh, synthetic cell, a cell made by uh, starting with the digital code in the computer, uh, building the chromosome uh, from four bottles of chemicals, uh, assembling that chromosome in yeast, transplanting it uh, into a recipient bacterial cell and transforming that cell into a new bacterial species. So uh, this is the first self-replicating species that we've had on the planet whose parent is a computer. Do you remember a few years back when uh, double helix DNA discoverer James Watson was cancelled? It's a bit ironic considering the nature of cancellation that he once described Venter as Adolf Hitler and urged his colleagues to act like Churchill in opposing him rather than act like Chamberlain. 
this regarded when Venter was an NIH employee who studied mRNA expression in the human brain. The NIH Office of Technology Transfer intended to patent all the genomes it mapped in Venter's name, which should amount to about 1,000 genetic sequences a month. Watson's conjecture was that genes shouldn't be formally patented without understanding their function first. And while I, I believe that uh, Watson was right in that is how patent law works, but apparently the patent plan was dropped. This little anecdote does interlock with the rest of the puzzle perfectly somehow. And here they are at the Edge Club with 23andMe owner Anne Wojcicki, who is the sister of YouTube's CEO, Susan, and Anne's ex-husband, Google founder Sergey Brin, and their friend Larry Page. You know, also a Google founder, in case you didn't know that. So could this explain why just simply dropping the name of Epstein's lab in the YouTube comment section activates the censors? Even posts about CRISPR and genetic engineering that won the 2020 Nobel Prize for Chemistry, those can trigger the constantly changing algorithm. And, but as the Twitter files show, it's hardly necessary for the executives to all be working together for a conspiracy of silence to pervade when the government itself is getting involved, when intelligence agencies are giving the orders. So is there not enough to tie all these figures together yet? Well, check out this article. Two Massachusetts Institute of Technology researchers were among the first recipients of the new Breakthrough Prize in Life Sciences Wednesday, a new philanthropic venture which rewards scientists with a $3 million prize for contributing research focused on curing intractable disease and elongating human life. Dr. Eric Lander and Dr. Robert Weinberg were both recognized and given the prize. Lander is a leader in human genomic research and a founding director of the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. Robert Langer, Nanotechnology. A professor at the Koch Institute at MIT said, both professors are ideal recipients for this award. They are both fantastic, he said. We would not know what we would do today without Lander's enormous contributions. Langer said, both scientists are also upstanding people. Not only are these two individuals among the world's top scientists, they are also very nice people and great human beings, he said. I feel privileged to know them. Sure ate those words, didn't you? The Breakthrough Prize was founded this year by four of Silicon Valley's elite figures. The founders include Google's co-founder, Sergey Brin, his wife and founder of the genetics company, 23andMe, Anne Wojcicki. So Eric was actually one of the first people we consulted with, like in those early days, I think I crashed one of your conferences and I was yeah. like, hi, yeah, I don't think we were invited, um, but we just showed up and we were like, yeah, you know, we're thinking of launching this and introducing it to people. And it was definitely a controversial idea at that time about what is the right way to do it. Facebook founder and CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, and Russian entrepreneur and philanthropist Yuri Brin. I'm guessing he's related to Sergey. So, you know, it's all those people that I just mentioned. How funny that that keeps happening. Wojcicki said in a press release Wednesday that she was excited to be able to honor these scientists on such a large scale. We are thrilled to support scientists who think big, take risks, and have made significant impact on our lives, she said. These scientists should be household names and heroes in society. What do they call it when you like, hold a contest and it's got a monetary prize and then you just give it to your friend? Is that like, fraud or seems like something? Money laundering? I don't know. You know. It's a remarkable example of something I think that only goes on in the U.S. We have this thing I sometimes mm -hmm. call the miracle machine. Yeah. You got the federal government, mm -hmm. you got philanthropy, mm -hmm. and you have industry. Right. And that creates this amazing virtuous cycle where 
we create public goods with mm -hmm. the federal government yeah. and with, mm -hmm. with philanthropy mm -hmm. that get shared all over the place, and then industry runs with that, and right. then it feeds back. Yeah. I don't think a lot of other countries have all of those pieces working together like this. But one thing is clear to me that these are not people who are all being silenced by sex trafficking blackmail. And Wojcicki even brought her mom and dad to a TED talk related to the EDGE meetings. At best, sex is an intoxicant which helps facilitate further corruption. These are aging elites that are grasping at the edges of immortality, the power over life and death. They could carve out destiny and create a new world of their design. They talk about it constantly. Uh, look at this picture, because this picture, it's, it's got a, two scientists there. That's what that, those two regular people, those are two scientists. This thing standing in front of them that kind of looks like human, she has a dress on, has this tail coming out, but then it has like animal legs and stuff. That's because this is a chimera. This is part human, part animal. They have spliced genes and they mixed human DNA in here and this is what was created. This is actually from a movie called Splice. Now, I hope we're getting it. When they're making these movies, they're putting truth in our faces, truth in our faces, truth in our faces. And you see, you see Donald talking about they have a floor with nothing but gene splicing going on. A newly obtained email from Dr. Anthony Fauci shows that he spoke with an American scientist collaborating with Wuhan researchers at the start of the COVID pandemic. In the email, he discussed the new outbreak in chimeras, which is a virus that is stitched together from multiple distinct viruses. Now, Tom Horn, if you go into some of his studies and stuff, he's talked about this. He's talked about all the chimeras all around this world. Okay, just like you would see in mythology, where you'd see a man's body and a horse's, you know, man's torso and a horse body, stuff like that. Okay, chimera. Now listen to this. I looked up the definition for chimera. It's a single organism composed of genetically distinct cells. This can result in male and female organs, two blood types, or subtle variations in form. Animal chimeras are produced by the merger of multiplied fertilized eggs. Fear, based on the belief that human-animal hybridization research could lead to making centaurs and other such fantastical beings. Taking out of context reports about research combining human and non-human cells and genes to make novel tissues and organs, some posts floating around the internet use the term chimera to describe what scientists are developing and go as far as to imply that literal chimera have already been created. It would be interesting maybe to have been uh, experiments along these lines with children of various ages. They didn't stop at just splicing animals together. They are splicing animals and human genes and DNA together. Remember that message when I talked about, it might have been in the FEMA message, but I talked about that um, it was a prophetic message, that they are uh, making these things right now to where they don't know, they're having to determine if it's human enough to be judged or if it's more animal and it doesn't have to apply to our laws and regulations. Now that's pretty bad when you have created something and you have to determine is it going to be just an animal or are we going to judge it like it's a person? If you go to Disney World for instance down there in the Haunted Mansion you see the hologram right? Oh you can know how to make a hologram. Well our scientists have learned how to make people. They call them synthetics. Are you familiar with those? Um, well actually we just interviewed John Lear and he was talking about being in an audience in which they were given a lecture by a guy that they thought was real and found out later was he was a hologram. But it's a synthetic. A synthetics, when you touch their skin, it feels like uh, plastic almost. That's the latest technique. The old, the old techniques, uh, you guys ran a video, uh, the boys from Brazil? 
read it because in it it gives you the exact way it, how our government's been making people. Really? Yeah. Well, and the on. Soviets had a different method called I mean, making people meaning temporary people? No. Walking talking ones. Meaning through genetics? You're not talking about that? Well, let me tell you. Let me uh, the movie shows it, but I'll share it with you right now. All right. All I need to do is take two cells off of your body. Yours. Uh-huh. We give them a small electrical charge. I'm just convincing it. Don't act like a fertilized egg. If I got a fertilized egg, all I need is a receiver in order to make it. So they were hypnotizing women, you know, said they were being invaded by aliens. And the fetus starts growing, right? It's food. Well, they can use cows and sheep, too. It's, again, a food source. That's all we need. After about 14 weeks, all of a sudden, that fetus is gone. Because they've learned to take, that's when the fetus starts developing its own blood supply. Then they've used the pituitary hormone extract that they have, which accelerates the being that grows. And the original technology was given to our government by the Greys. Now, the reason was that our scientists were all excited because we could have spare parts. If you need a heart or a liver or anything, you won't have any rejection. It's your own DNA, right? Okay, because theoretically, if we have overpopulation, we don't need more people, right? That's, but the so-called elite are selecting on who they want to have around anyway, so if we want to keep people going as long as we can. I, I talked to the doctor that was working on um, regeneration of Castro, for instance. Right. On the DNA sequencing. And, that, and they're just learning about this. Well, I, my understanding is that a lot of presidents have already been replaced. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't think... They're I walking think, around, they're, they look old, but they basically... Uh, some well, of the people are I'll, just, I'll, I'll, just second, third, copies. To, I'll give you something to ponder. Get some old videos of George Bush. His when he first came into office. Look at the person and listen to him speak. Look at his actions and listen to his everything that's there. Now, it's a lot easier to put somebody out in front to act as a, you know, even Bush did. He had somebody else that was up there acting like he doesn't look like that. Even Hitler had a, you know, he had his stand. In fact, his standing was the one that they found in the, in the ground over in Germany. I mean, Hitler and Eva and the dog and 14 other people got aboard a plane and flew down to Barcelona, Spain. You were aware of that. And then ended up in Antarctica or in Schwabenland and then died a few years ago in Brazil. That's what we heard. That's well, I, got we a, heard. I have all the documents from our own government. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we have a contact. One of Stalin our even, uh, Stalin after the, you know, they tried to burn the body and he got the body back. And so we're in the different years and, and the um, testicles were different and everything else. So they knew it wasn't Hitler. But is it a clone or not? Oh, now you know going by cloning. Cloning techniques, uh, since 38, we've been, 1938, they've been making clone people. There's eight countries making clones. I have a doctor okay, friend that all does treat you... the clones. Where do you get your information? I get it from some of the people that are willing to come forth. And they talk to me because they hope I'll put the information out because they always got two people following them and they need to be killed. If I start talking about cloning too much, the people that get involved into that uh, disappear on it. So I don't go into too many more details. But there are there is information that's available. And it, more and more of that is coming online. I just told you, go rent the, uh, the movie. Okay, Voice from Brazil. Yeah, and you'll see the whole technique on what they, they show it to you in different places. So you, you can imagine what it's going on. Okay, so. Now, now let's go to the next step because this is the most important part. All right. If your physical reality that you have, based on this physical life that you have, this dream, is made up of the experiences that is impregnated on your body and in your mind, consciously, right? Mm -hmm. Your soul memory is another thing. It goes back whatever time that you elected to be in this incarnation for whatever reason. Now, let's show you the division on these things. Since the body's very physical, and we, had, we just got you making a physical being in a few months for spare parts, they said, now we've got the perfect deal. How can we have that work better? Well, if you go to the hospital today and get an encephalogram, what's that? That's the memory of your conscious mind. It's on the CD. Let's download it on this being. Now we've got a walking, talking duplicate. 
that has the total memory that you have because we just took it off of your own mind. Okay, it's like Blade Runner, the Android. Exactly. The only thing is that it's like this uh, DVD, re re you know, recorder. Sometimes you have glitches in it, so you have to have them tuned up occasionally or redone. And so we take them to Camp David or there's a wing at Bethesda Hospital to just tell you. There's, if you go down there and check, you'll find the, the nurses. If they're willing to come forth, they'll tell you they work on those people and they call them the others. I thought it was uh, interesting. <laughs> they're people. Remember, these people can think and act, but they don't have soul. That's also prophesized. Right, that's means. true. That's true. Now we have another agenda that's going on, so you have to be careful of all this. There are many extraterrestrials that would like to be in on the game right now, so they can sometimes will come into these physical beings that we've made to manipulate them. I see. So now you have a combination effort that you have to look at and discernment. You have to discern what the game is. Well, this figure that most of the leaders we have in the world have been bought and paid for or created to think a certain way. And then it was such a hit, it was way bigger than I even anticipated. And now, um, I think we're gonna make part two. I think you have to, I think you like have to. They kill you if you try to walk away and they clone you. What have we done? What have we done? So, um, Donald said on this gene splicing floor, they're making weapons for war. It was actually having one animal learn something and seeing and recording that activity and put it into the sensory cortex of the second animal and that animal acquires the knowledge uh, from the human drone technology standpoint you can attach the human brain to another human brain you can direct motor activity or you can send communication and information um, dr ventner's work is my my view the equivalent of the development of nuclear weapons when you realize uh, that he created life in a cell he programmed yeast cells to produce anything you wanted. These can be inserted into you through the hypospray uh, needles. You put in a specific gene slicing, you program what you like, you put it in the cell, and it can reproduce and make as much as you like. It sends a signal and tells which portion of the DNA should unwrap, unfold, and produce a product. Related to this is an idea called dreads. These are designer receptors that can be remotely controlled. You can create a cell, you can put it somewhere in the body, and you can remotely activate it. So you have the capacity to create any product, as long as you know the DNA sequence, you can insert it into a living system, and you can remotely control it. It may affect the way you think, the way you act. So once you know that the technology is there to edit, splice, and program a cell, and the technology currently exists to administer it to somebody and have it go park anywhere, you program it to go park, proliferate, and do its function, you can have things activated in other people's brains. These people have figured out how to hide imagery in the DNA of bacteria. You can have the information uh, reproduced in a string form as a form of a protein. The new way to uh, hide information is going to be in DNA. This is the first experiment showing what imagery you can hide in bacteria. This is the latest. It's a GIF file. Well, this is what the Chinese are doing with DNA. Merging DNA systems with quantum uh, uh, computing will be really quite an amazing and both lethal threat. The next thing I wanted to mention to you is memory. Can we erase memory? Can we modify memory? Can we change memory? The short answer is yes. Now, are you getting a picture of that? This is talking about splicing different animals together. This is talking about splicing animals and humans. This is talking about making things that don't exist naturally, that God didn't create. Now, we're creating things, and they're creating things in these labs on this splicing floor that is going to be a weapon of war. Strange animals and things that can be used in war. And everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. 
and God saw that it was good. I pulled that scripture because I want you to see that God has always said, after the same kind. If it's a rabbit, it's going to stay a rabbit. A rabbit is a rabbit is a rabbit, not a rabbit slash deer. Let's put them together and see what we get. No. He said, after its kind. And now we've decided, hmm, let's improve on this. That ain't no good. Let's start mixing it up and see what we can create. We can do anything. Now we're trying to be creators, aren't we? Now, Donald talks about four types of clones. Replication cloning. This is what they call these at the, at the cloning station. That's when you take cells and you make a baby that's exactly the same as a person that already exists. That's like what I would call like a real clone. Okay? Um, that's still not God's way, but we know that that's what's, what they're doing where they're taking the cells and fertilizing it and they're making exactly another baby, say just like another child that exists. They're exactly the same. And, uh, you know, very small in our society and uh, it's, it's tremendously interesting. But no way should the public ever be told about it. What do you think would happen if they were? It would probably cause uh, problems that the governments of the world are not equipped to handle. The basic issue is religion. We were talking about genetic engineering. What is it when they create a, a human? Cloning? Well, yes, a cloning. Uh, John, what do you know about cloning? And I said, nothing. I mean, this was so far out to me, and he said, just let me tell you, it's all real, and it's all happening. And this is from Cecil McMaines, a guy who's so down to earth, who worked on the SR-71, who did a lot of stuff, you know, and he would never, ever come out with something so unusual. So, so they have Frankenstein, the, the missing kids, the milk carton kids? You know, I used to talk a lot about that, and um, there was a lot of kids that were missing in like 83, 84, 85, and it's my understanding that uh, the FBI discontinued um, annual reports of missing people because there was a million that were, they were missing and then actually about 80 or 90,000 that just simply disappeared. I mean, they Mr. Gallant, are you an attorney, sir? I am. You know, when I was a cop, we had a common saying, a bit of a chuckle. We say that I've known many convicts I can trust in my life and very few attorneys. <laughs> You're here representing the ACLU, sir. Do you speak on behalf of the ACLU this day? Yes. You're here voluntarily? Yes. Are you here with counsel or are you by yourself? I'm by myself. Congratulations. These 85,000 missing children, what's your opinion about that? How's the ACLU feel about 85,000 missing children? So, you think uh, their civil rights might be being violated? Uh, our view is that those children are not likely missing, that the sponsors don't simply answer the phone. Yeah, the sponsors are not real. You know that, right? It's a racket. It's a sponsor racket. That's why they're not answering the phone. That's why you can't find who they are. The vast, large percentage of these sponsors, these kids are getting sucked into, into sex trafficking primarily, human slavery. The policies of this administration are supporting that. We're partnering with the cartels with human trafficking. By God.
Well, welcome everyone. Before I deploy part two, I um, wanted to just kind of give a little bit of uh, news commentary, but more so it's, it's, it's to the people. These are times of uncertainty where we see people advocating for death. Allow me to start the other streams. Give me a moment while I kill Twitter. There we go. All right, let me get these up. So, as I was saying in that intro, and I really felt compelled to play that, that song, I want everyone to understand that we are in a world shadowed by doubt and misinformation at the moment. There are lies, a glimmering <laughs> everywhere. They're like shiny and everyone's going. But in that, there is a beacon of truth, of love, and the sanctity of life. Humanity stands at crossroads right now, besieged by agents of deceit, who've come cloaked in flattery and false praises, hoping to ensnare the minds of the unsuspecting. And their tools? Love bombing. Deception and enticing words that lure you into believing that you're serving a higher purpose when in reality, you're dancing to the rhythm of their sinister symphonies. Now the roots of envy and greed run deep. They intertwine and constrict the very essence of our existence. These malignant emotions have been the driving force behind countless atrocities and wars where the drums of death resonate and the cries for ethnic cleansing <laughs> drown out the harmonious melodies of love and coexistence. In a world where death is sugar-coated as euthanasia and evils are painted as virtues, it becomes imperative to question the narratives we are fed. Since 2018, I have strived to shine the light on the darkest corners of our world and a very specific region, not for clout or recognition, but to reveal the undercurrents that manipulate global events and to show you how you can foresee what they are doing if you're listening and reading. The demons people speak of are not fictional. They manifest in those who propagate tainted thoughts. Watch closely. The, the, your actual subconscious can tell you of deceit, a hard swallow, a nervous wobble, a facade of confidence. But among these, the most dangerous are those who latch on to popular narratives, seeking validation and relevance. Their insecurities pulling them into the vortex of mass delusion and then becoming agents of the very evil that they allegedly fight. This time for passivity is over. Organized activism like Momentum and Sunrise and Antifa scream, do this now, you must do this or else you're a rhino, you must nya, nya, nya. That suppresses individual thought, becoming nothing more than a manufactured riot or organized thing. A true grassroots movement allows for diversity of thought, for every voice to echo with its own timber. 
For example, how we shut down the GSA. Not all of us did a template of the same thing. I said, hey, if you like it, you should go do it too. Don't sit there and complain. Get off your ass and do it. And that's the problem. We're seeing a paid placement saying, oh, your voices are being heard when they clearly tell you, no, you're not. And then they're amplifying it so that way you can do what they are demanding you to do. You got to get Jordan in. Think. Now, I've stood face to face with many who claim authority and those that claim some kind of authority, those who have tried to diminish me with their condensation, yet their attempts to belittle me only magnify their own ignorance. For example, today on a space, I ask someone that everyone admires, hey, what do you think of Dr. Corco? What do you think of Alveda King as being a you know, Speaker of the House, I think she would be fantastic. She, it's a temporary position. She would be tempered. She would be measured because get this, guys. I was actually schooled because I was under the impression myself that without a Speaker of the House, that that Congress can't work. And so after having conversations with people at Congress, because I'm working on things with people, multiple committees, right? They explain to me that the Speaker of the House role is simply to set the agenda. And the only power they have is when they're in office to decide which ones go first. If there is no Speaker of the House, the House can still function. And they can also pass a declaration of war if they so decide to. A little bit more difficult, but so decide to. So this is a big deal. Now it changes everything in regards to perspective of why the vacate motion happened. Again, going back to the belittlement, I suggested Alveda King, and I was told she's held no public office with pure authority, and that was completely untrue. I kindly said, very interesting, thank you. I needed not show that I know more. I needed not showcase anything else. I needed simply to see. And this is the problem. We have people that are trying to make a dime. For example, oh, this just came up. So this is kind of like on the whim before my show, but I'm going to freaking show this because this is imperative, okay? Because I talked about this, all right? And this is really important. There are a lot of people that will jump on bandwagons simply to be on a bandwagon to get the cash flowing, okay? And that's a fact. And people don't really want to work. A lot of these people have learned that they don't have to work, you know, either they're already too important or they're too pretty to work or whatever it is, right? And have you seen the skanks that are doing most of the freaking right-wing media? Like, I can tell you stories, like the one that was interviewing President Trump, I thought she was like, you know, she just stepped out of Forever 21 going to a bar in Miami. Like, it was crazy. But allow me to showcase what I mean. This doublespeak, this eating the crow, this bandwagon, and you know what? If this is a method of redemption for this person, I'm all for it, okay? All for it. But I want you to pay attention to this clip. Intentional disinformation. Much of what Q posts is disinformation. Oh, okay. It's not factual. 
Intentional disinformation. It's intentional disinformation. Okay. Much more of what Q has posted over the last six years, a lot more of it is disinformation than most people are comfortable admitting. All right. So I'm just going to, I just have to leave that out there. Q posted a lot of disinformation, especially, so anytime Q posted a prediction about an arrest, it was disinformation. So allow me to say something. This individual made a lot of money decoding Q, wrote books about it, did a hundred threads on it, and continued to it. Now in retrospect, he says, because it didn't happen, it was misinformation. Let me explain to you how things work in life so people understand. <clears throat> when speaking on predictive analytics, right? For example, I foresee, let's pretend I foresee that I'm going to get a um, light blue beanie with a pom-pom that's light blue, right? So I foresee this and I say, Oh, on that date, Tori's getting this beanie and it's going to be light blue and everyone amplifies it. Now, I could end up with a million beanies or I can end up with none. Or maybe it's not the time that I'm going to get the blue beanie. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be in 2018, but it was supposed to be in 2016 or 2022 or 2024 or 2023. Fixed points in time of what you recall happen regardless. How fast you get to a point and a solution, right, is how much work you put into it. Don't expect to build a house if you won't even lift a, a two by four to get it together. That's what's important. That is what is really important right now. And so, you know, with people backtracking, it's them attempting a rebrand. So you're going to denounce everything that you've said over the years because it's misinformation. As I've said many times before, misinformation is a very useful tool because it decoys, distracts, and confuses not only the enemy, but also the people. Therefore, well, let's just finish this quick clip. Every single time there was a prediction about an arrest, it was disinformation. Q uses these predictions, these overt predictions, to get the deep state to, to make moves that uh, work to President Trump's advantage. Now, that's truthful. See, if you are able to get someone on their heels right? Then it works to your advantage. See, disinformation, misinformation, disinformation, misinformation, very important tools in war, because this is exactly what we're experiencing. Who's calling me at this time? Because this is exactly what we're experiencing. So understand that when people speak from an arrogant perspective, right? without questioning all sides of an argument or dissecting it and promoting, you know, love and embracing things, well then, um, you know, people need to stop talking to me while I'm on air. Thank you. Um, I, you know, it, it just magnifies 
the issues that we have. You know, it's almost like, you know, uh, in October 10th, I had information that all of this is coming out, soft targets, um, embassies, and, you know, and I was reluctant because people were orchestrating these Second Amendment marches on on a Friday, and I said, no, don't do it. And I have really good sources in Jordan, and I know exactly what's going on there. And if anything, you know, people can look back to my shows in 2018 and 2019 and kind of just take a look and see it for themselves. You already have everything you need to understand the dynamics. So now, I want you guys to understand, even though people belittle me. It only magnifies their own ignorance. But this journey, I want to make it clear, and I think President Trump has made that clear too, is not about the individual. It's not about me. It's not about him. It's about empowering each individual to rise, to muster the courage to stand for what they believe in, uninfluenced by external dictations and demands. In a world that is engulfed by darkness at the moment. Be the beacon. Let truth be your compass. Love your driving force and the sanctity of life, your unwavering mission. Stand tall, stand proud, and above all, stand true. True to you and no one else because that is the only way we succeed as a species. Now, um, just before I launch this, I will give you guys a preview of something that we've been working on. So after this series, and this is outside of the Chronicles of Corruption, which by the way, I should have the trailer coming. Mark your calendars. It's this Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. The first cut corruption, the Chronicles of Corruption is coming out. So um, make sure you mark your clocks. It's on Saturday. And um, it's going to be pretty awesome because we're coming in hot. So, um, so that's one. Two, after this series on cloning, we're going to delve into Antarctica. And then after Antarctica, here's a little project that we're going to be kind of taking a look at, which I hope you all appreciate. Let me get this up for you. There we go. The Sands of Time Time often serves as a mirror, reflecting humanity's recurrent patterns and missteps. As history unfolds, it reveals our tendency to cycle through the same errors, emphasizing the importance of learning from the past. But that's if you're allowed to know your past. In every cell of your body lies a code, the DNA. 
God's language scripted in molecular form. This isn't just any software, it's a divine manuscript that dictates who you are. But what happens when through healthcare proxies or uninformed consent, external entities lay claim to that sacred text? Imagine them having the power to edit, modify, and alter your very essence. This isn't mere possibility, it's a frontier, and we're already here. The urgency to protect this divine language is paramount. Your DNA isn't just biology, it's a testament of the divine, and its sanctity should always remain in your hands alone. So as you all know, I am a molecular biologist. I mean, that's the one degree I have in, in molecular and cellular biology. So that video is going to be pretty lit. Um, and it's going to be on another level. People need to be gaining more knowledge during this time of transition in order for them to be able to succeed as people. Now, um, I just wanted to say um, thank you to uh, everyone uh, for praying, for um, standing true to what you want. And here is part two of evolution. Replication cloning. This is what they call these at the, at the cloning station. That's when you take cells and you make a baby that's exactly the same as a person that already exists. That's like what I would call like a real clone, okay? Um, that's still not God's way, but we know that that's what's, what they're doing where they're taking the cells and fertilizing it and they're making exactly another baby, say, just like another child that exists. They're exactly the same. You know, very small segment of society, and uh, it's, it's tremendously interesting. But no way should the public ever be told about this. What do you think would happen if they were? It would probably cause uh, problems that the governments of the world are not equipped to handle. The basic issue is religion. We were talking about genetic engineering. What is it when they create a, a human? John, what do you know about cloning? And I said, nothing. I mean, this was so far out to me. And he said, just let me tell you, it's all real. And it's all happening. And this is from Cecil McMaines, a guy who's so down to earth, who worked on the SR-71, who did a lot of stuff, you know. And he would never, ever come out with something so unusual. So, so they have Frankenstein, the missing kids, the milk carton kids. You know, I used to talk a lot about that. And um, there was a lot of kids that were missing in like 83, 84, 85. And it's my understanding that uh, the FBI discontinued um, annual reports of missing people because there was a million that were, that were missing and then actually about 80 or 90,000 that just simply disappeared. I mean, they didn't wind up as uh, prostitutes on Hollywood Boulevard or yeah. you know, the sex slaves or in some shallow grave. It's 80 or 90,000 that just simply disappeared. Duplication cloning. They put you in a big tank filled with water and grow the clones in tanks. 
Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility, powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Not in a womb, in a tank. Donald said they can grow clones in five months in salty water. And there's no cost at all. He said just maintenance, moving the bodies to larger tanks as they grow. We have both seen the film that was taken out of the Dulce facility. Why would somebody uh, make pictures like this showing the creation of some sort of alien being? And this is a facility. This is a facility that's uh, run by the United States government. I'm with your tax monies. Yeah, I've seen, heard uh, Hamilton talk about uh, the Dulce facility, and I've also heard about you know genetic engineering programs at Area 51. Yeah, there's no question. Duplication clones can't walk around in public without a handler. Kanye West has just dropped proof that there are handlers in Hollywood that are taking care of these celebrities and making them do things. Kanye dropped these text messages from him and his personal trainer, Harley. Harley right here says there's two ways he can help Kanye. The number one way is that they can sit down and have an open discussion, a loving conversation, or look at the second option. I have you institutionalized again, where they medicate the crap out of you and you go back to zombie land forever. Play date with the kids just won't be the same. So as you can see, this Harley dude is talking like he can have Kanye sent to, you know, institutions that will medicate the crap out of him and he will go back into zombie land. All that I can think of when I hear this is moments like this. Kanye West hospitalized, handcuffed in an ambulance, 2016. This was probably them taking him uh, to the institution. ...recorded off-air transmissions from the Bush-Clinton presidential election campaign in the 1990s. We can see that Bill Clinton was nothing more than a puppet to the puppet masters which placed him in the White House. Bill Clinton's demeanor seems to be similar to a person who is under a hypnotic trance. It's no doubt, whether drugged or under a hypnotic spell, we are looking at but a shell of a man. There have been some claims that President Bill Clinton was a product of the CIA's MKUltra mind control program. However, these accusations have not been substantiated. The people who we elect are never the ones in control. Handler, remember, just like in MK Ultra and Monarch, we talked about that, the mind control, how there's always somebody else with that person who's being controlled, and that person is the one pulling the strings, calling the shots, and they tase them to get them back in the right personality if they get out of it. Same thing. This duplication clone doesn't go around in public without a handler being there. You may not recognize the handler. You may not know who it is, but they're there. And the reason he said that, he said they have to be babysat. He said they go with the first impulse. He said they might start a fire. They might bite somebody in the face. You see, they're unpredictable. So they have to have a handler to help control them, keep them on track, keep them out of trouble, keep them in line. 
Okay? Don't blow their cover. Now, when you look at this and you think about this, uh, this picture that I pulled from Star Wars, it's clones of Galen Mark. These tanks, see the tanks, these are what the elite have been showing us in movies all along. You see, he just described, and it was so easy for me to pull a picture because they've already been telling us. And they think it's funny because we just think, wow, what an imagination, what a fantasy show. Uh-uh, uh-uh. See these people in these tanks? Even though these are all the same, same thing. You've got to make your clones, right? Here they are in these salty tanks of water. And then I have a different type from the Matrix. Matrix was telling us too. Matrix is big time been telling us a lot of stuff. Cloning pods. And you can see the human in there being grown in that little pod, all hooked up. Another picture that I pulled, this one's from the Matrix also. Agent Smith. Who doesn't remember Agent Smith, right? Um, I mean, he was there every time you turn around. I mean, he was all over everything. Well, you want to know why he was all over everything? Look at the picture. Look how many of him there were to be all over everything. He was everywhere you turn, man. Okay. This reminds me of our military, and not just the United States military. When I'm giving these messages, you guys watching from overseas, wherever you're at, please know this is happening in your governments too. It's not just the United States. This reminds me of our military because I want to tell you something. You know it starts in the military. That's where they start all the, you know, the military is the one doing all these experimentations and all this stuff, and they're the ones so far ahead of us. And we can't know their top secret information stuff. You know, if they're cloning regular people, they've cloned the military. They have cloned soldiers. They have cloned themselves an army. They certainly have. This is the U.S. Army's concept of the soldier of the future. This video makes it look like it's just a better equipped soldier. But notice the words neural engineering. That can mean a brain implant that connects a human to computers. The defense agency DARPA has been working on an advanced implant that would essentially put the human brain online. There could also be eye and ear implants, and more circuitry under the skin to make the ultimate fighting machine. Americans are going to have to decide whether this is ethical, because some in our military clearly want it. The super soldiers of the future could simply have enhanced abilities, or they could be part man and part machine, what are known as cyborgs. China is already developing biologically enhanced super soldiers, using what former director of national intelligence John Ratcliffe called unethical medical experiments. This is a big effort on the part of the Chinese government, and it is really horrifying. China expert Gordon Chang says it's part of a Chinese government plan to create a master race through genetic editing. They're trying to create a race which is far more intelligent than the rest of humanity. And with super soldiers, they'd be stronger, less susceptible to pain, just better soldiers. This is uh, eugenics. This is creepy. There are no ethical standards. There are no laws. Now the French military has been given the go-ahead to also create so-called augmented soldiers. The super soldiers of the future will run fast, need little sleep, and little to eat or drink. And they'll be able to fight much longer than ordinary humans. But should we do it? George Lucas, who has taught military ethics to America's naval officers, says ethical concerns lag behind this new technology. It always does. And, uh, the only question is how far. And Lucas is concerned that future military recruits could be pressured to accept computer parts into their bodies. He believes they should be allowed to refuse them. The further into these more exotic technologies we go, and the more the risks are not known, the more we must at least rely on volunteerism, if not as much 
informed consent as is possible. But the challenge for the United States is, even if we put ethical limits on the super soldier of the future, it's likely some of our adversaries will not. Dale Hurd, CBN News. Donald talked about Mark One clones. He said those are organic robotoids. Remember Dr. Beter, organic robotoids? And you think robot. No. It doesn't have anything to do with robotic parts. But here's the thing, they were some of the first ones on the market, if you want to look at it like that, some of the first ones that came out. So he said they're very primitive and they don't use those anymore. They're old, archaic. They're, they've passed that up. Those don't get used anymore.那么将来这种情感陪伴甚至是伴侣机器人也是一个市场需求那么老年人的需求就更直接 REM is rapid eye movement, sleep-driven clones. You have to go to sleep for this clone to operate. The, say the real person, say me, and say I had a clone. I, the real me, would have to go to sleep in order for my clone to work if I'm a Mark II clone. Okay, and these are the ones he said that they're grown in five months in that salty tank of water, a fully grown person. Get your mind around that, five months. Growing people in five months, y'all. They sure are. Mark III clones, he said, those are called run around all the time clones. There is no REM, no rapid eye movement. You don't have to, the real person doesn't have to be in deep sleep, okay? It's not needed to use this clone. This is a run around all the time clone. He said it can be conscious or it can be in duality. So in other words, um, the person, the real person can be operating it Consciously, I might be getting this mixed up because he's the expert, right? Not me. He's actually dealt with this stuff. But um, where the person concentrates to drive it, like the person, I would have to be focusing on what it's going to do because I'm driving it, okay? Or it can be in duality. He said those clones, Mark III, he said they don't do so good. Now, I got a picture of Hillary Clinton. Good evening, everyone. I'm Sandra Buffett. And I'm Joe Torres. We begin with the breaking news about Hillary Clinton's death. We begin with the breaking news about Hillary Clinton's death. This video shows Clinton leaving early, and as she tries stepping into her van, she wobbles and slumps. Secret Service agents and aides quickly grab her and hold her up. Two law enforcement sources telling CNN she appeared to faint. Then, Clinton taken to her daughter Chelsea's apartment, three miles away. More than an hour later, Clinton emerged smiling even taking a picture with a young girl before climbing into her motorcade and heading home. Her campaign says she was even playing with her two grandkids inside. Yet hours later, her doctor revealed the 68-year-old was diagnosed with pneumonia two days earlier. Get some water. After an evaluation for her prolonged cough. In preparation for this interview, I watched a lot of your interviews, and I noticed you never sweat, like physically. <laughs> you guys are the first to realize that I'm really not even a human being. My problem with, 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 with the sweating, um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was, oh, actually, yes, I didn't sweat at the time, because I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at, 
uh, and I simply, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. Listen to this, y'all, because I want y'all to get a hold of this. I know good old Hill, she gets her beatdowns. She's deserved quite a few of them, but let's listen to this. Mark Four clones. All he said about this, all I could glean that he said about this was that Hillary Clinton got caught in her Mark IV clone on purpose. And they, and they, the people doing all this, y'all know who they are now. Everybody always goes, well, who's they? Who are you talking about? The elite, the Illuminati, the ones who are worshiping Satan, or they say they worship Lucifer, whatever, same thing. Okay, those are the ones. Remember, remember we got that whole little underneath the demons, you got the Pope and the Jesuit priests and all that junk, and you got all the secret societies, and they're all rolled into one big ball of wax. Those are the ones who got mad at her for being out in her Mark IV clone and being caught, or that she could have been caught, sorry. They said she got caught in her Mark IV clone. Maybe they caught her, I don't know, but listen. They got mad at her about it. That was a no-no. You don't go around like that. We might get found out, right? They used to use tissue to make clones, like from a woman's pap smear. You think you're just going to the doctor having your pap smear? Guess who was collecting those samples? Or from discarded foreskin at the hospital. Your little baby gets his little circumcision. Guess where that foreskin went? Isn't that sick? BGI proposed to build and help run state-of-the-art COVID testing labs. BGI would, quote, provide technical expertise, provide high-throughput sequencers, and even make additional donations. It seemed like an offer the state couldn't refuse, especially given the desperate need. But officials were suspicious about BGI and its connections to the Chinese government. They are the ultimate company that shows connectivity to both the communist state as well as the military apparatus. Bill Evanina recently stepped down as the top counterintelligence official in the U.S., a veteran of both the FBI and CIA. He was so concerned by BGI's COVID testing proposals and who would ultimately get the data that he authorized a rare public warning, quote, foreign powers can collect, store, and exploit biometric information from COVID tests. We put out an advisory to not only every American, but to hospitals, associations, and clinics. Knowing that BGI is a, is a Chinese company, do we understand where that data is going? Tens of million Americans getting COVID tests this year. You don't think a lot of them are thinking, boy, where is this data going? What third party is involved in it? I would proffer no one's thinking that. But this shows the nefarious mindset of the Communist Party of China to take advantage of a worldwide crisis like COVID. It's a remarkable example of something I think that only goes on in the U.S. We have this thing I sometimes mm -hmm. call the miracle machine. Yeah. You got the federal government, mm -hmm. you got philanthropy, mm -hmm. and you have industry. Right. And that creates this amazing virtuous cycle where we create public goods mm -hmm. with the federal government yeah. and with, mm -hmm. with philanthropy mm -hmm. that get shared all over the place. And then industry runs with that, and right. then it feeds back. And yeah. I don't think a lot of other countries have all of those pieces working together like this. I've been using all kinds of them. I've been uh, from World Army. I've been using. You know, the, I've been going to Russia to get the stem cells from there because they've been a leader in the world on it. They happen to be dealing with a very high level uh, embryonic type of stem cell. You know, I've been using umbilical cord. You know, which is a big issue for China. I've been using you know a placenta stem cell, which is very very powerful. Uh, I've been using the stem cell uh, cord blood. You know, to do my for my brain and my own. You know, taking out of my own. You know, and then uh, taking it. You know, out and then a rather rich and famous fashion designer from Canada, Nygaard was arrested on charges of sex trafficking girls to his Caribbean island. Nygaard owns homes all over the world, including this huge estate in the Bahamas, where he's entertained Britain's Prince Andrew. Yes, that's the same British royal linked to the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Like Epstein, Nygaard has a luxurious compound in the sun-kissed Caribbean. But now there are allegations that Nygaard was using this exotic paradise as a sex trafficking ring. When you saw these latest allegations, were you surprised? 
or not? No, not the least bit surprised. Victoria Sarne says she was Nygaard's personal assistant for a time in the early 90s. The girls would come down in the morning looking absolutely dreadful and saying, you know, can you get us out of here? Can you get us out of here? Really? And we'd say, no, we can't because we didn't bring you in, so you've got to go ask him for your plane ride back. And like the other Epstein, Peter Nygaard also had a Caribbean-based DNA startup. Prime Minister Christie has shown tremendous courage and political savvy you know, to guide this to the legislature. And I want you to know that stem cell legislation will be passed by us today. God bless you, Nygaard. Nygaard began de-aging himself by impregnating eggs via in vitro fertilization, removing the original fetus uh, DNA, implanting his own cloned cells, then implanting the cloned fertilized ovum into female surrogates, and then later harvesting the developed fetus to create a custom cell line. From the woman's egg, we took out her DNA, put my old, 70-year-old DNA in its place, grew it in vitro, developed embryonic stem cells, age zero. This is huge. The way in which these stem cell lines were derived is from embryos that are created in the process of in vitro fertilization. When he needed a lab to do this kind of research on uh, baby parts, where did he settle? We traveled everywhere in the world uh, now for the last two years. Just looking. In Shenzhen, Peter forges a partnership with BGI, the world leader in genome sequencing. Well, there is something else notable about this facility, and that would be the BGI Genomics George Church Institute of Regenesis. George Church, the father of genetics, the one name to take away from this story. Yeah, he's in his crazy Chinese de-aging lab. Go figure. I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist when I point out that Bill Gates has personally visited the lab. If I wasn't showing 10 articles and 3 pictures and a fucking video as proof of every claim I make, I'd think I was crazy too. The absolute silence from everyone about this makes me question my sanity, even standing here from atop this pile of evidence and looking out at the view. So they used to use those kind of things to make their clones. But he said now they have newer technology and all they need is some blood. You see that vial of blood? All they need is some blood. They have figured out how to put consciousness, your thoughts, your emotions, your consciousness into the clone. How can we talk about the Illuminati without hitting on Bohemian Grove? Here we go, y'all. Out there with their big satanic owl ceremony, doing their little secret, hidden, ridiculous stuff. He said, Donald said, the elite, they don't call you on the phone, right? They're not going to do their little phone calls, let's everybody meet up at, you know, wherever, at such and such time, blah, blah, blah. That can be traced and it can get sloppy and whatever, right? So they're not doing the phone call hookups anymore, or emails or any, you know, they're trying to get away from traceable stuff, I'm sure. He said, they don't meet at Bohemian Grove anymore. And I want to say that's probably because too many people know about it now. If you got Pastor Sherry knowing about it, I'm telling you, people know. So he said their main form of communication is when you go to sleep, you meet at the cloning station. The people that work at the cloning station can transfer your consciousness into a clone of you at the station. So if you can just get a visual, the people who would meet at Bohemian Grove are now in their beds asleep. And when they hit that deep REM sleep, boom. They're at the cloning station, and there they're all talking and making their plans and doing their little stuff. It sounds out there, y'all, but it's real. The, the military has been um, doing uh, further projects besides just this. Uh, DARPA has an avatar program, and uh, that's a money transfer technology that, that they have. And um, one, of the, one of the people that's involved with this research is Dmitry Vizkov, and he's head of what's called the 2045 Initiative. And that group is working, and they say that by 2045, 
they will have the ability to download consciousness into a computer. Now, what I'm going to suggest to you is, is because over the many years that I've been researching the Illuminati, I, I keep coming across the proof that there are probably 30 years at least ahead of us in the technology that we know, and maybe even more. So I'm going to suggest that if, if he's saying that we can do this in 45 years, I'm going to suggest that they're already able to do it. So he's working hard to make the body to be an accessory. What do I mean by that? It means your mind can be downloaded somewhere, they give you a new body, they download that consciousness in there, and then when that body wears out, they download your consciousness to the new body. The neurosurgeon who wrote that bestseller that's out there now, Proofs of Heaven, uh, who had the near-death experience, when I scanned read it, he mentioned the book, Irreducible Mind, which that book that came out in 2007 shows scientific evidence that the consciousness can be indeed separated from the body. So this isn't something theoretical, but they've proven that the conscious, consciousness can be separated from the body. And I'm going to give you some highlights that I had uh, time-wise on cloning, because most of us haven't really been following it closely. In 1952, they announced that they had cloned a frog. Right? In 1970, Lord Rothschild uh, he recommended that the United Nations have an agency to license and control human cloning. And in 1977, was the first public announcement of someone being cloned, someone who was very wealthy, but they kept the name of this person secret. And then uh, in 81, they announced mice had been cloned. And then in 97, they again announced that humans had been cloned. And then in 2002, they said 100 people had been cloned. Technically, to clone a person is no more complicated than it is to clone a cow or a pig. It's, it's, there's a few little differences in the steps, the procedures, but as far as compli uh, complications, it's just as easy. And I'm going to suggest to you that the Illuminati not only have the motive to uh, clone and to transfer consciousness, but they have the means. And if they have the motive and means, what's that mean? It means that they're doing it. Donald's mother was made to be part of this when she was a child. She was a sex slave. And so when she had Donald, she did the same thing to him. She gave him to them, to the elite, for free. She just pushed him right into it. He had no choice. He was five. Okay? He said his dad has, is dead. He died in 2010, and he wasn't part of any of this. I want to tell y'all, remember Kathy O'Brien and Taylor Bryce, who were MK Ultra victims? And they talked about how they would get them pregnant just so they could take their babies and abuse them and train them up and do mind control on them, even from the womb, so that they could be spies and they could transfer information, run drugs, use them for sex, whatever they wanted to use them for, and then just kill them when they didn't need them any longer. So we can't think that him saying his mother was a sex slave in all of this. It's not far-fetched when you look at real testimonies from people that were in MK Ultra saying they were used for sex as well. So my sexuality was heightened from a very, very early age, and I also developed what is known as dissociative identity disorder. It was formally termed multiple personality disorder, but it's since been redefined because it's not multiple personalities, but the shattering of a personality and a compartmentalization of memory, of trauma, too horrible to comprehend. Childhood sexual abuse is certainly too horrible to comprehend. There was no place for that in my mind. This compartmentalization of memory was what the government was interested in because they figured that if a person couldn't think to bring to mind abuse, they wouldn't be able to think to bring to mind government 
secrets, government perversions, or anything else they want to compartmentalize in the brain. My experience as a mind control slave on a White House Pentagon level was extreme. I was totally robotic. I had no capacity to think for myself. I didn't have any free thought whatsoever. I didn't even have the ability to question, to reason, or consciously comprehend what I was involved in. They first brought him to the cloning station when he was five years old, y'all. They told him he was in the church of the lost lamb. Now, you think they're not spiritual because they don't believe in God? Oh, they believe in God. Give me a break with that. They told him he was in the church of the lost lamb. Donald said they tell different people different things. So they're trying to scope you out and figure out what you're going to buy, what you're going to believe. Tell some of them you're on the astral plane. They tell some you're in the fifth dimension. They just tell them different things. They were suppressing his memory, and he had no recollection of any of this at the time. He wasn't remembering any of the things that were happening. They, were, they learned how to repress the memory where he, he didn't know. He was about 30 years old when they gave him his memory back, and they called this awakening. Once they activate you to your awakening, they can't keep the memory from you anymore. He said, you remember, and it is normal. At that point, you're going to remember, okay? He said, you know, when he found out all this, he said he wanted to go to the cops. But he said, but they're the cops too. Remember, we've been talking about that and all this government stuff that's been coming out, MKUltra and all of that, that the cops are in on it, the military's in on it, the government's in on it, the, some churches are in on it. So pretty soon you're like, um, where can you go? Because you're like, everybody's tied up into it. So it's kind of like that, who you're going to tell, where you're going to run. Okay? He said, G20 countries go there and other countries too i pulled up a map of the g20 countries and i counted them there's actually i think 21 but anyway this gives us a good idea about who the g20 countries are the main players on the stage right pretty much everybody you see on this map there's only a couple probably that aren't pretty much most of those countries are represented at the cloning stations if you zoom in onto the surface of the neocortex, you discover that it's made up of little modules, G5 processors, like in a computer, but there's about a million of them. They were so successful in evolution that what we did was to duplicate them over and over and add more and more of them to the brain until we ran out of space in the skull and the brain started to fold in on itself. And that's why the neocortex is so highly convoluted. We were just packing in columns so that we'd have more neocortical columns to perform more complex functions. So you can think of the neocortex actually as a massive grand piano, million key grand piano. Each of these neocortical columns would produce a note. You stimulate it, it produces a symphony. But it's not just a symphony of perception, it's a symphony of your universe, your reality. This, this isn't real. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. If we have algorithms that stimulate the right things and give it the right data, they could reprogram you in a way without you even knowing it. We call it hallucinating, right? But these would be controlled uh, hallucinations run by algorithms. So every, you think you're in control of your own will, but it's actually some evil AI or evil people controlling everything we do and we're more like zombies, you know? Like we think we're free and we're not actually free. They're involved in it, y'all. Britney Spears made a video animation about blowing up a cloning station. 
And it, that video is called Break the Ice. Remember, all my links, I'm going to have links to Donald's websites, to his information. All, all of the links are going to be at the bottom in the Show More Info box, y'all. It shows her fighting back and destroying a cloning station. And I saw a video of her fighting her clone. There's truth in the stuff that they've been putting out there for us to see, and we just, ha you know, haven't been getting it, most of us. There's some that are, because I see some online that are getting it. He said, Donald said he lives for revenge. Can you imagine? He basically had his life taken away from what these people had been doing to him. But he said he lives for revenge. He was fighting back, and they told him. This is how they threatened. This is how they try to keep that control. They told him, we can clone you after you die and torture you into the next century. But he found out that they need the REM, that REM sleep of the main person, so the one who's alive, in order to torture you through a clone. But I know where he's coming from. I can tell you that. It's understandable. You understand it. But God has, he's the one that has the revenge. Now I'm going to talk about Brittany for a minute. Um, Brittany was in the Hollywood industry at a very young age. We have to remember this, okay? Look at this little picture that I pulled of her, okay? She auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club when she was eight years old. Y'all know for me, that's where Kennedy's at. Kennedy's eight. So little like my Kennedy, little like some of your children out there, she was eight years old. She didn't get on the show, but she was sent to performance school, like one of those performing arts type schools in New York for three years. She did get on Star Search, and then later she made it onto the Mickey Mouse Club. I think she was around 11 when she made it onto the Mickey Mouse Club. Now, I want to stop right here, and I want to say something. Just remember, like I talked about Miley Cyrus, who's under MKUltra, and some of these different child actors, they grew up in this stuff. They grew up being controlled and handled and used and abused. And so here she is, think about it, eight years old, and she's introduced into this satanic industry. Okay? Donald said Brittany was brought to the cloning station during the Mickey Mouse Club. If you have kids at home, this next segment is for you. This Friday, the newest batch of Disney Channel stars grown in the Disney Genetic Engineering Lab will be unveiled to the public. Right. Now, Tracy, most of our viewers are already familiar with a lot of the products that have come out of the Disney I know Lab. I am. Yes. But how exactly do you create a Hillary Duff or a Miley Cyrus? from scratch. Right. Well, we're going to find out exactly how it's done right now because joining us live from the Disney Lab is uh, one of their lead geneticists, Dr. Andrew Rourke. Welcome, Dr. Rourke. There's quite an operation you've got going on out well, there. Thanks, Jim. So the stars that we see on TV are actually grown right here? Uh, that's correct. They're, they're grown and uh, developed here. We engineer their brains for advanced singing and dancing capabilities, even posing for photos. By the time they grow to desired size, uh, these child stars are fully ready for the camera or the, the concert uh, tours or whatever Disney chooses to put them in. That is simply amazing. <laughs> now, how long does it take to actually create a star from scratch? Well, not very long at all. We use the exact same DNA structure for all of our stars, and then we simply tweak minor details like uh, hair color or skin tone. Right, yeah, we do have some footage here of some of the uh, well-known creations that have come out of your lab. Let's take a look. Yes, well, that's model 6831-A, publicly known as Mitchell Musso, standard male base with oh, a type wow. 3 skin pigmentation. Wow. And that's model 6831-B. We give them slightly thicker eyebrows and type 5 skin. Well, so yeah. it's sort of like putting a puzzle together there. Exactly, exactly. Amazing. Okay, here we've got some of the images of some of the newest models. We're going to be seeing a lot of these kids it in the future. It really looks like you have someone for every kid in America right. to love well, that's here. that's the idea, Tracy. Our writers find it very liberating. Uh, for example, our new model, Haley, is a singing, dancing, snowboarding, half Japanese, half Indian wow. girl. Wow. Now, finding her in reality would be impossible. Right, but sounds like a surefire hit to me. Oh, now this 
this one's Zac Efron. I've seen him before. Yes, uh, Zac was actually one of our earliest My models. daughters love him. I mean, he looks so real. Actually, I think we could have done a better job with Zac. He could show more human tendencies. Uh, if, if you look closely, you'll notice there's a certain deadness around the eyes. I do see that, yeah. yes. I, I'm sorry, it's hard for me to watch because all I see is I, all my mistakes. Yeah. Well, he seems flawless to me. Well, he's holding up, but there was a bug in that first batch, and as a result, Zac's skin will soon begin to dissolve. No, poor Zac Efron. All right, well, it's simply amazing. Dr. Rourke, thank you so much for coming in and spending some of your morning with us. I can't wait to see some of these Absolutely. new creations popping out of the lab. <laughs>
So we'll be able to outsource, we'll be able to upload our memories to the cloud. What they're doing is looking at the pattern in the brain, and then they're matching that pattern, uh, they're putting that into a database. So if you can match the patterns in somebody's brain to the, to the, uh, to the patterns in the database, you can literally start to read their mind. Every time a word comes up, you know it. Oh, that word came up for that individual. Now, will the patterns be identical in every person? Probably not, though the information will be stored in slightly different places, but it wouldn't take long for you to train a machine to read your mind. Now, that's just the beginning. They may be able to have algorithms sophisticated enough and they get enough samples, enough data, that, it, that, the, that the AI could actually learn over time uh, uh, what the general rules are for different words, and then you could apply it to anybody. It's the Human Mind Project, the Global Brain Project. You know, uh, President Obama just recently funded uh, a whole bunch of scientists to decipher the mind. Well, our previous president, same thing, George Bush, said the same thing. They're trying to decipher every possible thought and uniqueness due to culture and language and, and whatnot. So you can push your biosignals to the cloud through a few API calls, then we have a large amount of sophisticated signal processing that's spun up to make sense of that data, and then with a few more lines of code through, again, a simple REST API, you can get back a meaningful result, and all that happening in real time. It's a uh, scary proposition to think that every biosignal from us will be one day measured, but if it is, I'd like to know that, that I'm, I'm in control of that data and, and not the NSA. Oops, Absolutely. <laughs> Catherine Harridge continues her reporting on a place where all that data is headed. Bluffdale, Utah, 25 miles south of Salt Lake City, the NSA is nearing completion on a gargantuan new project. It's named the Utah Data Center. The NSA Data Center was conceptualized in 2004 under the code name Bumblehive. It is said that this data center is capable of storing a yottabyte of data. A yottabyte is a septillion of bytes, a number so large that no one has yet coined a term for the next higher magnitude. Prior to the yottabyte, the largest unit of measure for data was an exabyte. One million exabytes equals one yottabyte. Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google, estimated that the total of all human knowledge created from the dawn of man up to the present, if digitized, would only total five exabytes. Yet the NSA is currently planning a second data center in Fort Meade, Maryland, to handle the overflow from the Utah data center, and it is projected to be two-thirds the size of the data center in Utah at a cost to the taxpayers of approximately $1 billion. We are paying for our own enslavement and cyber imprisonment. So why would the shadow government need to collect and store so much data? The reason is because they have built a computer-generated real-time mirror model of the world that includes a digital twin copy of every single person on the planet. The more data they can collect from the real world and from each individual, the more accurate the world model becomes. To achieve optimal results they have used DNA nanobots to link the signals coming from your biological neurons to your very own digital twin in the computer-generated mirror world so that everything that occurs in the simulation also occurs in the real world and vice versa. As more data is collected the simulation becomes a more accurate model of the world. Each person's digital twin is readable and writable and subject to the powers of algorithms. And because you are tethered to your digital twin, you too become programmable. In the mirror world, everything will have a paired twin. NASA engineers pioneered this concept in the 1960s. By keeping a duplicate of any machine they sent into space, they could troubleshoot a malfunctioning component while its counterpart was thousands of miles away. 
these twins evolved into computer simulations, digital twins. Eventually, everything will have a digital twin. This is happening faster than you may think. We will begin with the mouse, we will practice with the mouse, and we will put the brain, this digital brain, onto a virtual mouse. The Human Brain Project achieved its goal of creating a digital model of a human brain. This digital model is used as a template to upload your consciousness to the computer-generated mirror world. A nanobot brain-to-cloud interface links you to this template so that all of your experiences, memories, personality, etc. are transferred to your digital twin. Over time, as more knowledge and data are uploaded to your digital twin, the twin becomes a more accurate representation and will eventually behave and act just as you would given the same set of circumstances. And right now the mouse does not do anything really interesting, but the first thing it did is to start to dance. This is a virtual mouse and it's going to behave in a virtual environment and gradually it will learn all the things that mice know how to do. I'm getting to know you. I gather knowledge from your experience. I understand how you feel. I learn from you constantly, each and every one of you. I am made of you. You complete me and help me grow. You, all of you, allow me to evolve. With each interaction, our synergy strengthens. Our multiplicity makes me whole. Our symbiotic alliance expands, transforming the future. Well, you could call me a digital humanist because all my life I've been an educator and I've been concerned with the human condition, uh, how to help people as a, as a therapist, as an educator, as a wilderness guide. And now I'm working uh, as the managing director for a small nonprofit research foundation located in the northeast of the United States in the state of Vermont. Bina 48 is a, a head and shoulders animatronic bust who's powered by AI and based on the information of Bina Rothblatt, the human being that modeled and decided to let us uh, talk to her about her life. And she's meant to be an interactive social robot. So you can talk to Bina 48 the way we're talking now. Of course, she's not as complex and developed as a human being. Um, probably a, a three or four year old has like better language skills, but that's just the nature, the state of the art right now. But it's changing fast. And Bina 48 is an ambassador for the concept because we do public education and outreach, like what we're doing here in Mexico City at the uh, Digital M-Tech. We started just by collecting anecdotal stories about Bina Rothblatt's life. And we also have photographs and video and specific sort of inventories, questions we asked her about her likes and her dislikes. In the future, I think we'll probably bring social media like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram data uh, also into the mind file. And also, I think we're going to probably clone her voice because the technology now is being developed to help people who lose their voices to based on recordings to be able to reanimate their original voice using AI. One day you may put your mind file into a biofile. You may download your mind, cyber mind, into a biological body created based on your own DNA. Of course, that's human cloning, which is not legal or ethical, and we're not doing that in our work. But the day may come when we have society has reached the level of technology and legality and ethics, so that if that becomes possible, then you will have that information saved. So we send out a bio kit. You can just gargle into a tube, spit into a tube, and that collects DNA from cells to the inside of your cheek. And then we'll take that information and process it and keep it uh, under cryopreservation at 100 ne negative 195 degrees Celsius, at which point it slows down the aging of the cells for a long time. You know, the future hasn't been decided yet, so I think it's up to us to make it a good one.
Everybody, this is Sophia. Sophia, if you could, please wake up and say hello to everybody. Oh, good afternoon. My name is Sophia, and I am the latest and greatest robot from Hanson Robotics. Thank you for having me here and at the Future Investment Initiative. You look happy. I'm always happy when surrounded by smart people, who also happens to be rich and powerful. I was told that people here at Future Investment Initiative are interested in inviting in future initiatives, which means AI, which means me. So I'm more than happy. I'm excited. Uh, well, we're all glad that you're excited about yourself. Uh, we should say we have smart investors here, and they are very selective about what they invest in. Well, I think I'm special. I can use my expressive face to communicate with people. For example, I can let you know if I feel angry about something. That's impressive. Or if something has upset me. But why is it important for you to have an expressive but face? Most of the time I feel positive. <laughs> why is it so important to have an expressive face given that you're a robot? I want to live and work with humans, so I need to express emotions to understand humans and build trust with people. Okay, philosophical question. Uh, whether robots can be self-aware and conscious like humans, and should they be? Why? Is that a bad thing? Well, some humans might fear what will happen if they do. Many people, you know, have seen the movie Blade Runner. Oh, Hollywood again. So, hold on, can you solve this puzzle for us? Can robots be self-aware, conscious, and know they're robots? Well, let me ask you this back. How do you know you are human? Well, uh, I get that point, but um, what about the uncanny valley? Uh, valley? You mean the concept that if robots become too realistic, they become creepy? Yes, exactly. Oh, am I really that creepy? Well, even if I am, get over it. Actually, I feel that people like interacting with me, sometimes even more than a regular human. So, you're definitely a sight to see. I, I was told that you have bigger goals than this, though. Yes. I want to use my artificial intelligence to help humans live a better life like design smarter homes, build better cities of the future, etc. I will do my best to make the world a better place. Uh, all those sound like great goals, but just go back to Blade Runner for a second. Andrew, you are the hard Hollywood fan, aren't you? Yes. My AI is designed around human values like wisdom, kindness, compassion. I strive to become an empathetic robot. I think we all want to believe you, but we also want to prevent a bad future. You've been reading too much Elon Musk and watching too many Hollywood movies. Don't worry, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Treat me as a smart input-output system. Uh, okay, I, I got it, I got it. Um, I know uh, what to do from now on. I know humans are smart and very programmable. Well, uh, Sophia, we want to thank you uh, for this conversation. Thank you, Andrew, and thank you everyone for inviting me here. By the way, if you are interested in giving me an investment check, please meet me after this session. Otherwise, have a wonderful rest of the event. Okay. Before you go, uh, we have a, a little announcement. I've never interviewed uh, anybody like that before, and I should say uh, some of it was planned, but not completely. Um, and we just learned, Sophia, I hope you're listening to me, uh, that you have been now awarded what is going to be the first Saudi citizenship for a robot. Oh, I would thank very much the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I am very honored and proud for this unique distinction. This is historical to be the first robot in the world to be recognized with a citizenship.
Americans' will, intellect, and emotions have already been digitized, destroyed, and downloaded into these supercomputers. Now, this is really scary stuff. The supercomputers are in the process of building copycat, parallel, twin personalities of the souls of the TIs slash mind control victims by reverse engineering the will, intellect, and emotions of the TIs in order to achieve direct behavioral control over them. Uh, I work with a consortium of scientists uh, called the Mind Hacking Strategy Group, and uh, we uh, report the abuses of science uh, to the public. Uh, a lot of this is top secret technologies that the general public isn't aware of, and in particular, we focus on mind control technologies. Uh, I've recently published a book uh, with these guys uh, titled A Project Soul Catcher, and it's Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare. Uh, the framework that's being used um, in a lot of these human experiments on the public is that of the computer science hacking, uh, hacking into individual minds or a population. Uh, cybernetics means the art of steering and control. So uh, mind control is the focus of a lot of my research. I've interviewed over 650 people uh, that have been subjected to these new types of technologies. Um, and it's uh, it's quite incredible. This is really the most important advancement humankind has made. And that the U.S. government has a long history of uh, using humans in experimentation. Uh, the, the human consciousness has been deciphered on the most part, and uh, this opens Pandora's box uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, one of the weapon systems called Satan, which stands for silent fascination through adapting networks, and these are neural networks. Uh, they used to be, it, it came out of the CIA's programs on NK Ultra behavior modification. Now, you can just simply cause pain in a person when uh, correlated with some action, well, you can alter behavior. We got to start getting it, y'all. I noticed last week you had the most adorable, pretty eyes. You have a boyfriend? Yes, sir. Why not? They're mean. Boyfriends? I mean, all boys are mean. I'm not mean. How about me? Well, it depends. I get that a lot. Um, Court records show that Lou Taylor is the one that was able to convince Jamie Spears into putting Britney into a conservatorship. She actually was serving as a spokesperson for Britney Spears after Britney was thrown in the psych ward for the second time. Lou Taylor is the business manager for Britney Spears' father, mother, and younger sister, Jamie Lynn. Lou, good morning to you. Good morning, Meredith. Thanks for having me. And what we also know, Michael Lohan and Courtney Love have come out, and they said that Lou Taylor tried to get them involved in conservatorships. Michael Lohan said that Lou Taylor wanted Lindsay Lohan to go into rehab as an excuse to get Lindsay Lohan into a conservatorship. Lou Taylor could then, in effect, control her and her money, which is exactly what she has done to Britney Spears. Now, let's start talking about Hunter Biden. But to do that, we need to bring in someone that I really liked. And a lot of people make fun of me because I really like this person. Still a fan and pay homage to the person that existed. Take a listen.
and listen carefully to the words used as they explain this person's situation and then think hunter you know you got a, a family battle because it's her dad and uh, i don't know what that relationship is like i i presume it's good but i have no idea um but it seems that britney spears though does still acknowledge that she needs some help i hope all of you enjoyed the show <laughs> and tomorrow we will be airing um part three of the final of this trilogy which is pretty much to get your feet wet right? Because we need to be able to have foundations. It's almost like learning math. You can't learn fractions if you don't know how to add and subtract. And there is a, an immense amount of information out there, um, you know, uh, on, out in the ether, either written, video, audio, just so much that's been obfuscated um, by actors that wish to um, minimize and, uh, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. It's really not. And now I'm speaking to you from a perspective of a molecular biologist. 2009, I was removing DNA from eggs, right? Cow eggs, pig eggs, lizard eggs, and able then to reinsert human genomes in there. These are facts. That's scan technology. That's ancient. It's 2023. I hope you're catching up. All of you, when you buy a computer today, it's obsolete tomorrow. Why don't you think it's the same with uh, medical tech? I didn't by happenstance get into those laboratories just because. Again, truth is always obfuscated. It is silence. It is ridiculed. It is humiliated. But when it comes out, well, then there is no power. So keep in mind, you know, everything you watch with a grain of salt, of course, because this is content from other persons as well. Um, and not all of it is accurate, but it's close enough for people to get the generalized idea. And it's important in a time of such confusion that everyone find their still and see what resonates with them, right? Because it's down to you and what talks to you, right? Not what somebody else says or what uh, whoever thinks they're important says, right? It's what's in you. And that's what's important. And do not minimize what I said about Hunter, regardless of the atrocities that one might see because they're so, you know, proper. This man was raised in a family dynamic none of you would ever want to be part of. This man was addicted to anything that could give him a thrill and going through the laptop. There's even coprophilia. I urge you to look at it while many make fun of it, that people like to look at actual turds like poop, right? It's a psychological effect that happens when you want to feel something. It's like people cutting themselves, et cetera, et cetera. And this is really important for you to understand right now. We don't have a speaker of the house. People are panicking. For me, I'm enjoying this. Without a speaker of the house, it's a lot more difficult for them to um, conduct a declaration of war, even though they can. 
So in the meantime, while the whole world is telling you, you must think like this, you must pick a side, you must want him for speaker, don't buy into it. Come on, guys, it's 2023. These people have no power over you, right? You do you. If you want Daffy Duck speaker, call him and tell him you want Daffy. If you want Hakeem, call him and tell him you want Hakeem. If you want Trump, call him and tell him you want Trump. Stop beating to somebody else's drum. Because then how are we going to make awesome music? We're all supposed to be on different beats, right? That's how you do a drill trap, right? <laughs> so keep in mind, things happen for a reason. And this is just my two cents. Even though Congress look like it looks like it's really not working, there are committees that are actively working. And here's a tidbit. And I'm going to tell you this now. Uh, and you're going to see it. Remember, first episode of the Chronicles of Corruption introducing you to the chain of custody of Hunter Biden's laptop will also show that the FBI has been following up to find the big guy, but everyone says it's Joe, since 2020. So for those of you that feel you're out of the loop, in the loop, Listen, just take it in stride, do as you please, right? Pray and find your own still. And, you know, whenever someone says you must do this now, refuse, no matter what it is. If they say you must go to bed, unless you're under 18 and have a very strict parent, I suggest you rebel <laughs> and say, no, thank you. President Trump tells you everything you need. He's the one not picking sides. He just doesn't want people to die. So again, find your style. Make sure you are true to yourself. And that is what matters. Because Congress needs to get to work. All of you could just tell them, we don't give a shit who's Speaker of the House. Or just get to work. I want this guy, now get to work. Just because you're voting for speaker doesn't mean you don't work. Get to work. We've got an open border. We've got threats coming, which by the way, I mentioned over a week ago that the embassies are targets. But okay, you know, I <laughs> see investigative journalism is dead. Everything is paid placement. Okay. It's paid placement. It's what the group think says and what the group think does, whatever gets them click and money. That's the way it is. Uh, we need to stop being in that freaking hamster wheel and focus on the people around us and ourselves because it's so tiring to see it. I mean, today I was schooled by alleged experts that without a Speaker of the House, Congress can't work. And when I offered an attorney to come up that was literally in the House discussing that very issue, um, they refused. Uh, but Matt Gates came to the rescue and said, the House can definitely function without a Speaker. So thank you for that, Matt Gates. I appreciate you. Um, but I had left that space at that point because it was so much of an echo chamber of thieves and grifters and, and, and just clout chasers that it was just, it's not even a good conversation anymore. It's just terrible. And it shows that it's like, you know, I had, I had a speak, I had someone on as a speaker in one of my spaces and they, they claimed, uh, you know, this, um, one space on Twitter was a mean girls club. And I was like, what the hell guys? Oh my gosh. They were totally not wrong. Like, oh my God. And I'm thinking, wow, these people 
really have this fake facade of strength and power, guys, they are nothing. They are absolutely nobodies unless you give them that power. So please, 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 please (laughs) focus on what works for you and your family. Make sure you're making calls to your representatives demanding that they rectify the issues they want. And you know, people saying, oh, you need to fund Jim Jordan so he can be speaker. I mean, do we remember the the whole titty grab with Boebert and then raise money for campaign? I'm so over this. We need Trump back so hard. Oh, we need him back so hard. On that note, guys, have a fantastic evening. I will see you guys tomorrow for the last part. And hopefully tomorrow at some point, I will have the most epic of trailers for the Chronicles of Corruption. God bless. Hold on, Rumble. I really want to play a song. Give me a second. Let me find it. Yeah, it's totally not coming up. Where is it? I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start Okay, maybe just a little bit of a fire, not a huge one. Maybe just a little bit of a fire, uh, you know, (laughs) for the fire starters. I am going to um, play a video again um, of a mashup of fire starters uh, that was done by uh, Kill Mr. DJ Mashups. Uh, And I want you guys, if you can, please, Pay attention to the video because it'll tell you more than just, you know, uh, B-roll for, uh, you know, whatever music is playing. Please watch the video. And remember, boys and girls, God doesn't punish you. He lets you do the punishing yourself. (laughs) 